You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Indeed, and it's a Friday. It's a football Friday, so you know what that means. Big Noon Sports is live at Innisfree, University Boulevard. Innisfree is the place to be. As you heard me in the last hour, no cowbells allowed at Innisfree Irish Pub today, okay? No, and not all weekend. But it's a great way to come on and, and have some lunch, get a cold beverage, uh, cold beer. They have such a great selection. Uh, have a cocktail. It's Friday afternoon. Um, we'll be here until 2. Now, I say we because Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker, you know her well, uh, and Lars Anderson are at Innisfree, but I am live at Innisfree in voice uh, only. You just... Because I'm actually at uh, the Talladega Super Speedway, where I have uh, public address and announcing and emceeing, you know, responsibilities all weekend, which I love. Been doing it for thirty-something years. Um, these people take care of me, and I try and do the best professional job I can for them. And I came over here yesterday afternoon and been on the mic just about every uh, minute since then. So uh, we're all good. I think we're going to try and. Go to the folks at Innisfree, checking that out. Lars, Laura Lee, do you copy? I'm terrific. Your feed is crackling like a breakfast cereal. So, wow. Um, Matt flying solo now. Hey, uh, just to update you, Mississippi State game tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. It's a late, late kick. I don't like the late, late, you know, 6, 6.30, maybe 7. But uh, 8 o'clock kickoff is just, um, I don't know. It's not something I can get used to, and it probably bothers me more now that I'm a little older. Um, But. Here's the deal. I was just in the uh, Enfield Media Center here at Talladega, and I was watching one of the screens, and they had it on Fox. And uh, I just watched for a minute to see what they were talking about. They were talking about USC at Colorado. That game kicks off at 11, our time, Central. So, hey, Justin, is uh, Boulder... I know you're working on technical issues. So I'll just rhetorically ask. No, that's here. fine. <laughs> is is Boulder on uh, Mountain or Pacific Time? Do you know? I'm thinking it's Mountain. I also think it's Mountain Time. Yeah, Colorado. So, all right, they will be kicking off at well, local time would be ten o'clock in the morning. You know, TV, big bucks move us around and that's exactly what they've done and we picked this game yesterday go ahead the third week as well that they've done is it the fox kickoff like the big noon i think colorado's been there like two or three weeks in a row um yeah and they will continue to be uh, a lead story even when they get beat like they did by oregon because Dion is the story uh, he is the story this year in college football. Um, Alabama's above the fold, too. And uh, we'll see if they can continue the success that they had 
in the second half last week against Ole Miss if it continues today. The Mississippi State game, ever since I've been covering them, uh, going back to the early 80s, Mississippi State always plays Alabama, and I think even more so than other teams on their schedule, physical. I mean, it's a street fight in the trenches, and that's the way they want to play, and Alabama's got the murder ball coming in, so we'll see if, like I said, uh, the quality of play in the second half uh, last week at Bryant Eady Stadium continues on. So that's the situation with them. Auburn will welcome in the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, something wants me to say Auburn's going to put up a fight, but here's something I said yesterday, and um, it was hard to believe. The last five Power Five teams that Auburn has faced they have failed to pass for over 100 yards. Let that sink in. It goes back to last year, certainly. But this year, if they've played a big-time school, which uh, I guess Texas A&M is certainly that, they've not thrown over 100 yards in a Power 5 game in five games. That just, to me, is just... That's just mind-boggling, actually. Hey, um, if you were watching football last night, first of all, actually watch some of the Clay Chalkville Thompson High School game. Wow. What an amazing game. And uh, it ended up with Clay Chalkville winning. And, you know, sometimes you just think Thompson is the new Hoover and they're bulletproof, but they weren't last night. And the Clay Chalkville quarterback accounted for five touchdowns. He was spectacular. But that was a great game. But then since you're over here and we're really within range of Jacksonville State University, a lot of the people that I work with around here went to JSU. So we start, uh, you know, we, we start watching, listening, keeping up with that game. And they had an amazing comeback. They drove the length of the field in one minute and 11 seconds without a timeout. Amazing. So they score the touchdown. Then they have to go for two. They go for two, and they make it. Um, they go to overtime. Touchdown uh, from Logan Smothers. And just terrific stuff. So JSU is now 3-1 and one overall, and they are 2-0 and oh in um, – they're 2-0 and oh in – newly arrived conference usa so that's big time stuff and um i have a close relationship with jacksonville state university and love to see them do well uh by the way they were playing sam houston uh they ended up winning it by a score of 35 to 28 there is also Ryder cup news and the last time i checked it wasn't good We'll get into that, and also I'll have to just talk about the Braves for a minute because it is just so cool, okay? They swept the Cubbies. That's not all. Got some numbers and some stats and this record-breaking Atlanta Braves football team. What we need to do right now is take a break and uh, remember uh, to drop by walk-ons. Excuse me. That's where we are on Saturday night. It's Ennis Free. Ennis Free, Matt. Ennis Free. Bad faux pas. But Ennis Free is a place to be. No cowbells allowed, all right? 
Come by and grab lunch and a cold beer with us as we continue Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's lee at thebamabroker.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays very warm and dry through early next week. Sunny this afternoon, the high today 87. Clear tonight with the low at 63. Then for tomorrow and Sunday, a good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 88 and 91. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. More big noon sports coming up. It is indeed Big Noon Sports. Coming to you from Innisfree, the place to be, the beer to be, the burgers to be. Try the James Joyce Burger. I thought I was going to order something different last week, but at the last minute I went, that's burger. It's so good. I want one. So, uh, and have yourself a beverage and uh, get ready to cheer on the tide tomorrow night at Starkville. Meanwhile, I am in Talladega taking care of business over here. Uh, urge you to still go by and see the folks at Innisfree and see Lars and Laura Lee. How are you guys today? We're doing great. We have uh, got the gremlins worked out, and uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful afternoon in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Laura Lee, how are you doing today? Doing well. The Bama broker, Matt, she's, she's playing hurt, but you know what? She yeah. uh, she didn't she didn't go on IR. She's not taking the day off. Laura Lee, I am so impressed that you showed up when we need you most. <laughs> you you are delivering. <laughs> How are you feeling? That's what I do. I I I feel okay, not great. All right. Can, do you want to give us some background of what what's going on? Well, I had sinus surgery on Wednesday, so uh, yeah, I, I had that deviated septum and there there's a little bit more and so um without getting too graphic yeah. it's uh I'm, I'm not at my prettiest as you I, can I, see i think you look you look terrific you, you look you you you, you you always look terrific Matt, uh, you're missing this yeah i'm I mean, at my worst and, and, and no the, the thing is right the, you, so the I thing is know. matt 
You look yeah, great. There's a reason. There, there's a reason that Matt always sits right by you. By the way, <laughs> um, but Lars, uh, no, come no, on, Matt, now. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> I know I shouldn't be saying stuff like that, especially when Laura Lee's husband is right here. But uh, but Laura Lee, like, look, she uh, she even said, hey, I, there could be a bloody nose happening, but just like a good football player with bloody nose, she's gonna fight through it. That's right. And, uh, yes, I am here. My husband is my chauffeur, and he brought me under great protest, but I said I'm doing it. So here I am. And, Matt? Yes, sir. uh, Have you talked about the Ryder Cup? Because the U.S. Okay, we got to just go here really quick. We're down 0-4 this morning, last time. Yeah, I mean, we, the United States, we've been talking about this, talking about this, talking about this for two years. Two years. And the U.S. absolutely comes out and gets throttled in the first round of matches. 4-0, Europe goes up. And then for, uh, so yes, Europe goes up 4-0. And you remember that Justin Thomas, who has been in Innisfree many times, <laughs> in probably very close to where we are sitting right now, he was the one who came into this Ryder Cup as really the most controversial selection as uh, the captain's pick by Zach Johnson. Uh, but Johnson knows how Justin, he has played so well in Ryder Cups over the years. And Justin really lobbied on just for himself, saying, I would rather win Ryder Cup than, uh, than major championships. And uh, he's just a great team guy. He puts fire into the team. And uh, and so it was a little bit curious because so Johnson, he, opts, he, he decides to sit. Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth in the opening round. But then he's like, okay, JT, we need you. And just the very first shot, the very first shot, uh, JT, he striped his opening tee shot in the, on down the first fairway. And uh, going back and forth with uh, their matches, uh, with their match with uh, um, uh, Victor Hovland and uh, another European player, last name is Hutton, or Hatton, excuse me. Um, back and forth, back and forth. And uh, at, at one point, Spieth and Thomas, they were up two uh, on, on the 13th hole. And then uh, JT kept playing really, really well. Spieth absolutely faded, did nothing down the stretch. Nothing down the stretch was awful. But guess who kept him in? JT. On the 18th hole, Hovland hits this incredible uh, so they're all square, right? They're all even through 17. So this is uh, uh, a chance for the U.S. to either go down 5-0 or get, get one point or, or have, ha- have the match and get a half a point. And this is sort of do or die time, right, for the entire Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup is at, at stake here. And you have Justin Thomas, uh, uh, who uh, it's all up to him, essentially, because Spieth, uh He's got an easy approach shot to 18, an easy approach shot. And what what does he do? He dunks it in the water. So now, oh, my God, it's all down to JT. What does JT do on his approach? He nearly holes out, nearly holes out. Would have given USA uh, that uh, that win in the match. Uh, So uh, Spieth is is eliminated. 
and so it's up to JT to kind of hold it all together. Hovland hits this incredible putt to birdie 18. So then it's up to JT to hit his birdie putt. And uh, it was not a, a gimme whatsoever, but he drained it. Gets USA a very important half a point, and hopefully it would start, you know, turning the uh, momentum around a little bit. But just so happy for Justin Thomas because he 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 silenced everybody. He's had a really really rough year, and again the Alabama graduate uh, just played so well, and he is the singular reason why Matt that the United States still is is uh, they're on life support here but uh, they still have a shot. What is the scoring right now? I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, <laughs> I, ju- I just got down here. Uh, maybe just... I'll find out. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I know that they lost all four matches the first out of the gate, correct? The U.S. did? Yes, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. And, and that's pretty, uh, pretty rare, actually, really? uh, for that to happen. Um Course, Justin like, didn't abs- play in the mornings, did he? In the foursomes? No, no, huh. no, he did not. And so uh, the, uh, the current score right now, Europe is six and a half points, and USA is one and a half. The half is from, I believe, uh, JT's round. They yeah. they shared the uh, split the round. Yeah, they split the round. So. Um, it doesn't look good for the Americans, no. but um, you, you, you never know. Uh, they just—they look flustered. The, the crowd is so loud over there in Italy, and it's like nine out of ten fans are sh- are, are cheering for the Europeans, and uh, they just looked uh, disheveled uh, and, uh, and and flustered, frankly. And I, I was really surprised by that. And I know we're. We need to, to move on to uh, Alabama and uh, their their game tomorrow against Mississippi State. But um, you know, I think everyone in the everyone uh, who follows golf is just absolutely uh, a little bit stunned at how flat-footed the Americans came out, Matt. And uh, it really a disappointing start to the to the Ryder Cup. Um, in fact, that 4-0 lead that the Europeans took, it was the first ever clean sweep of a morning session uh, that Europe has ever had at a Ryder Cup. So literally the worst start ever for the United States in, in Ryder Cup play. And, um, you know, just uh, really, really difficult. All right, I want to switch gears here. And uh, let's, uh, let's listen. Yesterday, Nick Saban appeared on his uh, weekly uh, uh, appeared. He, he, he spoke to the Pat McAfee show like he does every single Thursday. And it's always so revealing. And uh, Justin, let's go with the, uh, the clip of, of Nick Saban talking about sort of uh, the, uh, the, the psychology of the sport and what he does uh, to prepare not just his players for each week, but what he does to prepare himself. Coach, you mentioned you you try to give your team a message on Monday and then reinforce it on Friday. How do you come up with these messages? Are they do you, have, do you plan these in the offseason or just come up like week by week when you see, hey, this is what we need to focus on? Well, I actually use other people to try to stimulate my thoughts as to you know, what I should or shouldn't say and how I should say it. Um, 
And I have a sports psychologist, a sports psychiatrist that I talk to probably two or three times a week. Um, and between us, huh. between the circumstance that you're in, the team that you're playing, um, the outside noise that most people are hearing, including your team, uh, you try to come up with a message that uh, is a positive one to help them move forward. So I don't try to invent all this stuff on my own now. But, you know, we had like 14 speakers in fall camp and a lot of them were inspirational speakers. I sit in the front row every day and I take notes on everything that every guy says. And if there's any bit of that information that I could use down the road to reinforce to players, because they're going to hear it, but they're not going to remember it two months from now. You know, I, I, I'm always gathering information. I'm always reading books about, you know, how, how do you affect human behavior? Because that's what we're talking about. You, do, you just call it motivation, but you're really trying to affect human behavior in a positive way so people can get the most out of their talent and ability. I think we talked about this before. You know, human nature is to survive. It's not to win the championship. It's to survive. It's to do what you have to do to survive. And, you know, you tell a guy, if you sell 10 cars, you get to go to a, a trip to Bahamas. When, after he sells 10 cars, he's going home and sit in his chair and eat <laughs> Tostitos and drink beer. He, he's not going to so, try to set the record, all right, for how many cars you could sell in a month. All right, that's human nature. That's normal. So we're trying to take people from normal human nature to be the best you can be. And we sometimes assume, all of us, that just because someone has talent, they want to be the best that they can be. But that's not necessarily the case. So you're always trying to close that gap. I call it capability gap. What are you capable of versus what are you doing? I, and you're always trying to close that gap. And if you can do that and get everybody to buy into that, then your team starts playing to their potential. And individuals do too. And it creates value for them to do it as well as the team. That was Nick Saban yesterday talking on the Pat McAfee show. And, uh, you know, that right there is a Nick Saban I've gotten to know when I've had one-on-one -on -one talks with him in his office. And that right there is the reason why I believe he is the absolute greatest coach in the history of college football. Because, <laughs> Laura Lee, this is philosophy of life. This isn't X's and O's. That's correct, and I think that's what we've, in Tuscaloosa, have gotten to know Coach Saban and how he speaks and what he is doing to grow these gentlemen into men, and uh, it is through the life lessons that he is bringing all these speakers in and that they teach and it's he's a pretty amazing it, coach and and matt the, the the what he was articulating about how the fact that he sits in the front row at his age 71 about to be 72 and is taking uh scrupulous vigorous notes you know and uh, like a like an eager freshman in college and and then he relies on those notes to help uh, craft his message that he wants to send each week to the players. And it was really interesting, Matt, in uh, seeing this uh, unfold yesterday. Pat McAfee 
it was like he was a little kid absolutely spellbound and thunderstruck as he's listening and seeing Nick Saban say all of this. Everybody, it, it was like Pat McAfee and his whole audience saw the brilliance of Nick Saban for the first time. And again, what a powerful moment, Matt. You know, when he was talking about sitting on the front row, and you alluded to it just a moment ago, sitting on the front row, taking notes. He's 71 years old. He's taking notes in class like a 19-year-old student. It's just fantastic. Hey, if you're in the Tuscaloosa area, you can hear us on Tide 100.9. Make sure and drop by Innisfree, the place to be, as you can grab some lunch and a cold beer. And I continue from Talladega. In fact, Brett Holmes just entered the studio, and we're going to be talking with the Craftsman Truck Series driver in just a minute as we continue on Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sensing, Union Home Mortgage. Next, Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Monday. We will recap the Alabama-Mississippi State game. Also talk to Max Howard at 7.30. And then Doug Bell will join us at 8.15. We'll talk the results of the Ryder Cup. Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9. And Tide100.9.com. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. back. It's Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sensing Union Home Mortgage. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. You've got Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker. But I'm in Talladega getting ready for the race weekend, which includes the Yellowwood 500 on Sunday. But the uh, Love's 250 is taking place tomorrow. And I have one of the truck drivers and um, local guy. What are you, 10 minutes from here? Brent Holmes is with us. Thanks for joining us. Well, I mean, literally, when you leave the track, how long does it take to get to your house? Roughly 10 to 15 minutes, yeah. What got you into, into racing? So my dad raced, uh, my dad, Stacy, uh, raced dirt late models before I did, um, or before I was even born. So when I was born, I grew up going to the racetrack, watching him over here at the Talladega Short Track across the road. And um, so I started out, you know, I got to a point where I was old enough, I was like six, seven years old. I, I started out in go-karts and did that for four years. They also have a go-kart track over there. So I did that, then went into dirt late models and asphalt late models, then ARCA, then here. So uh, that's really where I got my start at is, is here. And uh, I still have a great relationship with all the people that race over here today. And um, I had the track record here. One time I broke my dad's track record here. So it was kind of cool. Um, I don't have any more, but, uh, but yeah, it's been cool to get to race here across the road because it's always been a dream since we've raced over there. You got great local sponsorship. Uh, talk a little bit about that. I've known Chad and the people at uh, First Bank of Alabama for years. They just continue to grow and man, they got quite a wrap on your Chevrolet truck. Yeah, it looks really good. The blue, blue, white, and gray, it looks really sharp. And, uh, but yeah, Chad Jones, Mitch Key, all the guys at uh, First Bank of Alabama that we work with and um, they're, they're great to deal with. I've known, known them for a long time and, um, yeah, it's awesome to have a, uh, local, local business, local bank and me being local and us running our home track, uh, doing, getting to do that all together. And then also putting on the STEM program and, uh, helping out these, uh, teaching these kids a lot about racing, different aspects of it, uh, and local, uh, local schools around here, uh, getting to do, I mean, all those four things together is just really cool. 
you guys don't get a lot of practice time anymore. How difficult is it to just go out there and just guess that you're set up for qualifying? Uh, I don't think it's is um, hard on our setup. I think it's a little nerve wracking for the drivers who, you know, it's been oh, it's been since Daytona since we've had, had to race like this. So it's been a quite a few months, and uh, so getting back acclimated to feeling what the draft is like, and um, you know, we're going to be out there on uh, first laps. Really, qualifying is not going to be you know matter that much on draft because it's, we're out there by ourselves. So um, we're out there for the race. We're all stuck together. So practice would have at least, you know, we would have been in smaller groups and help, you know, get over that little hurdle. But, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, and we, we don't normally do that a lot. So we'll see how it turns out. Obviously, having a show like this in Alabama, we talk a lot of football. You're an Auburn grad. You just finished a couple of years ago. And I didn't ask you earlier, what did you major in? Uh, building science. Yeah, that's basically like construction management. Yeah. That's because your family business is yes, sir. Yeah. relevant. Yeah, I just grew up around. We've got a site work construction company, do a lot of excavation, grading, utilities, demolition stuff. So um, just, um, you know, racing and construction is what I've kind of grown up around and this is what I've what made what I'm doing today. Uh, what do you think about tomorrow? Georgia comes in. Uh, yeah, not looking forward to that one, buddy. I mean, maybe uh, maybe in another life or another year uh, we'll, we'll get to that point. I thought we were going to start the year off a lot stronger. I think uh, another – we'll see how we pan out in a year or two. I just wish we came out a little bit stronger this year. Brad, thanks for stopping by. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and you. we'll continue on our show and sure. let you guys go. Thank, right, you. thank you. Thank you so much for being here. All right, Lars, back to uh, back to NS3. Yeah, Matt, uh, really fascinating uh, interview there. Um, what, what is the what's the weekend for you look like? And also, I want you to tell us for uh, our, our listeners who maybe haven't heard this story. It's uh, it's a great one. How you became an actor in Talladega Nights, and how often do people bring that up to you? The fact that you're in Talladega Nights. <laughs> When I'm over here, they bring it up a lot, but usually they're giving me a hard time. <laughs> the track president who we had on, Brian Crichton, gives me a hard time about it all. He said, well, how much was your residual check this time? But uh, no, I came in last night. Wait, you get sponsor. like uh, $2.30 $2 a month or something? Let's Is that about see, right? This past Monday, I got $9.37. Hey, my all right, you're check, buying when we go to bomb or when we come to Innisfree, well, I should hey. say. Yeah, uh, 937, uh, I don't know. During happy hour, we might be able to get one of those huge pictures. But uh, it's all good. And, uh, actually, I started last night. I came over here and uh, did a sponsored event for uh, a group called Solo Stove. They're these little bitty portable outdoor stoves, fires. It's, I don't know. I, I had never seen one before. It was really good, but we sat around and made s'mores and talked about the track. And then I have all times, types of responsibilities that I'll be doing today, and then tomorrow I'll be doing a lot of driver interviews and, of course, doing the intros to both races and all that. It's a great job. Um, when you're doing the I, intros, Matt, is it uh, is it easy to get distracted? Or what, what is the most challenging part of that when you're doing driver intros? It's just so paced. And, you know, they have video screens and music and fireworks and stuff that are going off while you're doing it. So, but I honestly, uh, I've been doing this so long 
um, that I know exactly how to focus in. And you just, you stare at that script. And when they pat you on the shoulder, you read the next one. And um, you got to be ready to fire it off. You got to check, you know, make sure you got pronunciations on some of the sponsors and things like that. It's a lot of fun, but it, it is quite challenging because usually you're just under so much pressure to get it right. And most times I do. Uh, and I'm, I'm proud of it. Uh, I've got a good track record. <laughs> Laura Lee Thompson, have you but been to Talladega before? Have, what time is it? Uh, it's uh, it's uh, almost time for Laura Lee Thompson to ask her <laughs> to reveal <laughs> if she's ever been to Talladega before. No, I have not. I have not. Robbie Glenn, former Alabama baseball player, joins us now here up on the yeah, stage I'm at Innisfree. Uh, Robbie, have you been to Talladega oh, before? Yes. I have been to Talladega a few times. And uh, what, what has your experience been at Talladega, Robbie? Uh, different trips. Um, one was just in awe of how big the track is and how many people are in there. And then uh, second trip was in the infield. And the stuff that goes on there in the infield is crazy. So It must stay in the infield, right? It must right? stay in the infield. It was a, it was a lot of fun. So <laughs> had some good times there. Matt, dare I ask you the craziest thing you've seen in the infield at Talladega? You can ask me. I'm not going to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've I've shared Uh, my Dale Earnhardt Jr. story. Yeah, uh, but I'm not going to tell it again. I will. I will say this though. Uh, Yeah, it it, it gets rowdy, but I have not in 40 years of coming to this track. I've never seen a fight. I've never seen somebody so obnoxious that they needed to be subdued. Now, I realize that happens, and I just haven't been around to see it. But most of the people over here just party because they're happy. And, you know, they don't drive. They stay in their RVs. Uh, It's really pretty safe environment. And, of course, then outside the track are all these campgrounds. And... They have, they've done this right. They have some for families where, you know, they kind of have a lights-off, sound-off deal at 10 o'clock at night. Um, and they'll, they'll hold it from like 10 to 8, 7. Um, they've got it figured out on how to treat the fans over here. I haven't been to every track like you, Lars, but nobody treats their fans better than Talladega, I can assure you. Yeah, I've uh, only had good experiences uh, at Talladega, some uh, eye-opening and some just like, oh, my gosh, did I just see that? Uh, But uh, also uh, just everybody at Talladega, uh, the, the staff treats me so well, treats everyone so well. I remember one time I was with Tony Stewart. Uh, before a race and he was going up to uh, um, one of the suites uh, I think he was driving he was uh, he was at Gibbs and he was going to do one of those driver talks right before a race and and he met uh, this elderly gentleman who ran the elevator right going up and uh, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about Matt and and Tony knew him by name he knew his backstory yeah. and uh, and just uh, it, it's just a it's a friendly almost like family atmosphere believe it or not in spite of what everybody has heard about Talladega but Matt on the other side I want to um, we're going and we're going to talk about Alabama football from here on out for the rest of the show I want to get into what Nick Saban said yesterday 
about Dan Lanning's pregame speech before Colorado and Oregon. Really oh. interesting comments, Matt. Really interesting comments by oh, Nick yeah. Saban. And, um, and uh, we'll, we'll discuss that. And uh, let's start to break down what's going to transpire tomorrow. Alabama, Mississippi State, which uh, starts at about one in the morning. But uh, it will be a lot of fun. Hey, Robbie, no. are you still on headsets? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Robbie's here. How about my they Braves? Look, How about them they Braves? They're looking good, ain't they? Home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Oh, yeah. That's the way to go. Oh, yeah. Man. Look great. And Matt Olson hit his 54th dinger last night as they swept the Cubs. Makes Matt very happy. Tell you what else <laughs> will make you happy. Go get one of those. You, Lars gets the chicken wraps now. Uh, Laura Lee got the vegetables a couple of weeks ago. All of their dishes are delightful. And the, the fried I, pickles uh, have been fired up. Pickles. Yeah, fried, fried pickles, pickles here. Right. They're here. See, now you're going to make oh, yeah. really, really oh, good. Yeah. Robbie's destroying them as we speak. I had my mouth full. That's why I was <laughs> late. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? All right. Well, uh, you can eat during the break. We'll be back with Big Dick Sports. inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show. Hey everybody, it's Gary Harris. Coming up Monday on Tide 100.9 FM at 9 a.m. We'll recap the weekend, break down Bama and Mississippi State, plus Georgia and Auburn, plus Casey Smith on golf with the Ryder Cup recap. All that and more on Monday's Gary Harris Show at 9 a.m. Catch the Gary Harris Show Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays very warm and dry through early next week. Sunny this afternoon, the high today 87. Clear tonight with the low at 63. Then for tomorrow and Sunday, a good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 88 and 91. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. I understand what Dan Lanning was trying to say. It was probably good for his team to hear in some ways, but it probably wasn't good for everybody else to hear. And, you know, that's always the argument. You know, where does the access, where do you draw the line and say, okay, there's got to be some time when you can talk to your team and say what you have to say, and it's really not for everybody else to hear. We don't know if Dan wanted it out or not. Coach Dan wanted it out or not. We have not heard from him. There's some people that say, yeah, he wanted that out. That's why he was actually his good side. (laughs) People are saying that that was actually his good side. That's why they put it out there. But my first instinct, as soon as I heard it, I was like, I wish I didn't get a chance to see. Like, that's him talking to his. Is that a conversation between who, media and coach? Like, when's that decision made on if that goes out, especially in this modern world? Well, in the modern world, I think you can use the media to send a message to your team. I don't think you need to do that right before the game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I mean, that's something you do on Monday when you talk to the press or whatever, and you want to get a message out there because your team's going to hear that message. So you can reinforce it in a team meeting, but you, you want everybody to be thinking that way. And sometimes you want your fans to think that way too, so that, Rat poison doesn't get to them. That was uh, Nick Saban. Yep, 
Yeah, that was Nick Saban on Pat McAfee's show yesterday, and uh, he's really uh, discussing the uh, the backlash that Oregon coach Dan Lanning has received by allowing cameras into the locker room uh, prior to uh, last week's game against Colorado Buffaloes to record a document his pregame speech and clearly he uh he either had a writer working on this speech or he spent a hell of a lot of time working on it himself because he said things like they're fighting for clicks we're fighting for wins there's a difference and he's talking about the cinderella stories over and uh you know they're in hollywood we play this game on grass you know and so and so the 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 question is and I'll, i'll throw it to robbie Robbie Glenn, former Alabama baseball player uh, and huge friend of the program, and we're going to get into Striker Strong in a little bit. But here's the question. How much access should a coach give the media to a moment like this with the team? You know, uh, back when I played, we didn't, you know, social media wasn't like it is now, so I think it should be very limited. Um because stuff like that gets out. That was a great speech for his team, I guess, and motivated him. But now that it's out, it looks very bad. Um, Coach Saban's probably one of the best of using the media, but he would never allow that in the locker room when he's talking to his team like that. Um, and I don't know if that would ever come out of his mouth that way. But I, I, it shouldn't be in the locker room because stuff that goes in the locker room, there's a lot of emotion. Isn't the locker room viewed as a sacred place? It is. It's supposed to be a sacred place that goes on with players and everything you, it, it shouldn't get out it should not get out like that um matt i don't like the idea at all um that, that's personal time between the coach and players if he allowed the cameras in there then it's obvious to me that he wanted everybody to hear this because it was uh, as large just quoted part of it here's the first part rooted in substance not flash rooted in substance today we talk with our pads we talk with your helmet every moment and then went on to Cinderella stories. This is like a you know a win one for the Gipper, right? That oh, was uh, it was clearly uh, yeah it was it was it was clearly all orchestrated and and I get that, but uh, I don't know. Laura Lee, uh, would you like to have a- access to, to information like this and scenes like this? Although to me it felt manufactured. Right. It, it didn't. Did. It did not feel authentic. No, it didn't. And uh, when I first heard it, I was horrified because I think of what Coach Saban would say. And there is. Uh, it's a great idea to fire up your team and have that motivational speech. But you know, it's it's about your team, not. The other team and the flash and I mean of course that's what you're going to get with uh, Dion is a lot of flash and everything and but I I did not like it when I heard it at all. And uh, I think back to the 2012 national championship game, right? So this is after the uh, it's the 2011 season. And the 2011 season for Alabama kind of was all about giving people of Tuscaloosa hope because of the devastating tornado of April 27th, 2011. And uh, the locker room doors uh, were shut. And I think it was myself and Bruce Feldman 
we were standing outside and uh, Nick Saban, I, I later found this out from a player who told me that, that uh, and, but I heard what Nick Saban said. It's really loud and boisterous in the locker room. The players are just absolutely celebrating the fact that they won the national championship. And Nick Saban raises his right hand and that gets everybody in the locker room quiet. And I heard him yell something. He yelled it as loud as I've ever heard him yell. And he said, we buried the pain tonight. And that was it, right? And there was no camera in there. You haven't seen any. And that was like the most powerful moment for those players. That didn't need to be recorded for posterity. That didn't need to be uh, blasted out on social media, Robbie. Like, no. I don't know. I, did, I, I like Dan Lanning, the Oregon head coach, and I do like the fact that they spanked Colorado and kind of put them in their place. But I don't. I find this disgraceful what he's doing. Yeah, it is a little bit to, to put down another nation or another team to pick your team up is never good, um, especially after. You well, and, and it, so. it, it, I, is it maybe it's okay to do that in private? But if you're gonna again blast that out publicly. You don't yep. think Deion Sanders isn't going to remember that crap? Oh, yeah. He takes receipts. And they got to play again next year, so it, they'll come back. Yep. So, so, Matt, go ahead. He takes receipts. He's reminded us that 5,000 times. <laughs> but the receipt that Dan Lanning issued the other night, I'm afraid when Dion gets it loaded over there, he will absolutely run it through the wall. But who's to say Oregon mm-hmm. will allow that because they're a pretty darn good football team right now. They may be top four, but I will say this uh, about his speech, orchestrated, on camera, off camera, whatever, it worked. Yeah, it did, Um, but I don't know. Robbie, this is a question for you because you've been in the heat of uh, athletic battle. Do pregame speeches make a difference from coaches? I've always thought it's like the most overrated thing in the world. Yes and no. Um, it depends. Like some speeches, yeah, can get you going. Um, some hype songs can get you going. I mean, look at the songs that they come out to. But yeah, speeches can can motivate you if you're uh, unsure, or a little. Uh, I mean, you're ready to play, but something might kick it in. I, I always liked it. Um, some of, I have some good coaches that would really get you ready to play, especially if we're going against someone like LSU in baseball. That's Usually back then with Skip Bourbon and them, they were ranked number one or two. So, uh, yeah, I liked them. Yeah, they got you going. And Laura Lee, it's always been my impression in just talking to players that Nick Saban's pregame speeches, they're not like soaring or lyrical. It's about, hey, we got a job to do. Let's go do it. And and it's more sort of intellectual, right? We're prepared. We're ready. Let's go. Right, more business oriented. Yes. We're we're here on a business trip or this is our house type thing. And I also think and this is just from a personal fan perspective, is that I'm always about cheering for my team and not booing the other team. So it's about my team, not the other team and the coaches. And I felt like that whole speech was about the other team. Yeah, and uh, I'll kick it over to you, Matt. Um, 
you you've been involved in, in sports your entire life. Uh, you played a lot of sports and you've been covering it for a long time. What is what are your thoughts on just uh, the power of a pregame speech? Is is it real or is it uh, imagined? I'm gonna agree with Robbie. I think it's a real deal. Uh, the ones I've been involved with, the coaches would start. And, of course, you didn't break off. We didn't have position coaches like you do in football. This is more baseball than anything. And uh, they would first – he would first start go, – he would go over some um, some of the analytics. He would say, make sure that when this hitter's up, you lean this way, shade him this way in the outfield, and don't pitch to this guy, do this, that. And um, – parts of the game but then at the very end they would pick it up and you go what uh, you know this is butler we're playing the rebels now they're ranked number three in the state um let's not hold back here gentlemen and you know i can't remember verbatim any of the words but yeah and it would get you fired up but you know what an emotional high i've always heard from many many coaches lasts about five minutes into the game. Eventually, it's going to come down, right, Robbie? It's going to come to mano a mano. And let's see who wins That's it. this thing. That's but, it. Yeah, Once that speech like is over, you got to play. I, I like the speeches. I really do. Uh, I, just I do, too. I think they should remain private. Well, there you have it. Hey, uh, golly, it's almost top of the hour. we got to take a break. Yep. Uh, Lars has spoken with uh, our good friend Tim Brando, so he'll be back. And I'll tell you where you should be right now. No cowbells are allowed this weekend at Innisfree Irish Pub. But you are allowed. They got a great menu. Pick one up on the way through the door and uh, grab, cold, grab a cold beer. It's the Tide 100.9 30K Workday Payday. Win cash every weekday, 8 to 5. Here's this hour's cash code. 643. Again, that's 643. The code is 643. Enter that code now on the Tide 100.9 app. Click on the 30K Payday button and enter the code for a chance to win $30,000. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Big Noon Sports is presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Appreciate that very much. And today and every Friday during the Alabama football season, uh, we are live from Innisfree Irish Pub. Uh, drop by, grab bug. Uh, uh, what's something different? Laura Lee, what'd you get last week? I can't remember. I Other got the hamburger. Pickles. I did the meat and three today. Oh, oh yeah? What'd you Good. get? Same thing I got last time. The Kaneka sausage. Oh, the Kaneka sausage. That's a big, uh, that's a big southern thing, right? Kaneka sausage? Yes. Okay. Good. I'm still, I've only lived here, uh, you know, 15 years, and I'm still learning certain aspects of Southern culture. Well, Kaneka sausage. A... Go ahead, Laura Lee. Oh, well, I was just going to say Kaneka sausage is uh, 
pretty much the only one I'll, I'll eat because I don't eat hot dogs or anything like that ever. Why? Never had a hot dog in my life. What? You're kidding. Not even like when you're Wait a minute. Kindergarten? I got to fact check this with your husband. Is that true? I don't. Laura mean. Lee's never had a hot dog in her life. Okay. It is true. <laughs> wow. Why? What do you do? Because you know, you know how the sausage is made, so to speak. Yeah, have you seen those things? <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't I, look I, at them because I like hot dogs, and it would make me not yeah. like. Yeah, you, you've never had a stadium dog. <laughs> no. No. Robbie, you've had a stadium like dog or two. Yes, a, a couple. Yes. <laughs> I can go for one. Have y'all ever had a Legion Field death dog? No. They serve them up at halftime to the media. I really don't want to know anything about those hot dogs except that they taste great. <laughs> oh, um, but okay, let's let's uh, turn our attention here to uh, the game tomorrow. And and before we you know dive into kind of X's and O's and what we think the uh, keys to the game are, I want to get your guys' just reflections on uh, on Mike Leach, who uh, we tragically lost, uh, you know, uh, last year. Um, and uh, Matt, I'll start with you, then then Robbie and, and Laura Lee. Uh, and and we've been Matt, we've been talking about uh, Mike all week, but uh, I haven't gotten just your just personal thoughts on on Mike Leach. Well, I loved his style of play. Uh, not terribly much. I, I still think you ought to be able to run the football, but he'd throw 75% of the time. That's okay. He made it work, and he made it work in a lot of places, Texas Tech, Washington State, and Mississippi State. But when anybody brings up Mike Leach, they don't talk about football immediately. They talk about what a, what a pirate he was, uh, how candid he could be. You heard Tony Curry tell you this a minute ago. He did an interview from a game at halftime with Tony. From halftime, a coach. Who, who, who does that? But um, that, and he, he loved to have himself a drink. They had a four Bamos. He said was the best. He said it's the best bar in America. But I know that they have a special spot for him down at Key West, too. So, um, it's just a wonderful thing to have been around him. And, you know, even if you weren't around him, Lars, uh, you were just a, a fan or even a casual fan, you knew about him. And you knew what a great character he was. So there's my thoughts on Mike Leach. Um, yeah, I'll just give you one quote, and I'll give some more later. I want to go to Robbie in a second. But uh, Mike Leach once said, there's nothing balanced about the 50% run, 50% pass, because that's 50% stupid. I'll give you some more gems here in a second. But, Robbie, well, your, your thoughts on Mike Leach. Well, that, like, like Matt said, I mean, uh, Texas Tech, what he did there was just amazing. The, the offensive uh, numbers they put up, and you just weren't seeing that like then, except maybe Kentucky with Mummy and all that. And then Washington State, and then coming to State. And then, you know, Tony Curry talking about them all the time, how close they were and just some of the stuff he'd give us on them. And, and to lose someone like that in this sport, uh, it, it, it's tough. And and now that we're playing them, you know, really hadn't even thought about it till now that it's brought up, and that's sad. But, yeah, that, that is sad that he's not on the field still because he, he has a few more years there, and it was, it was going to be a really great rivalry to see 
how he did there. Laura Lee, your thoughts on Mike Leach? Yeah, it was such a shock at his passing. But, you know, other than what he did on the football field, I, I look at who he was as a person and the fact that he was so incredibly intelligent. I mean, he was just so smart and so accomplished off the field and how he treated people, how he knew people's names and remembered people and just how he treated people outside of football was just uh, amazing. And, you know, you look at what he did on the field as well as off the field and what a great example of a human being for his players. All right, here's some more uh, wisdom of Mike Leach. Quote, Somebody said that in passing, you know, I hate cats. You know, somebody really hates cats. I've never figured that one out. And credit to cats, the ability to generate so much animosity. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one because I'm a cat person. (laughs) Um, Quote, you're going to be dead in 100 years anyway, so live dangerously. I love that. That is kind of that was kind of his uh, his philosophy. Kind of live by that. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, oh, Matt, there's there's just so many uh, so many gems. Um, whether it's a car or a boat or a motorcycle, it's a dangerous item. So you have to show a level of competence and get a license before you're allowed to operate something that's dangerous. Guns are dangerous, but you don't have to get a license to operate guns. Hey, that's my feeling. I know it's probably not popular here in the state of Alabama, but uh, roll tide. Uh, (laughs) Way to try and get an interview. What the hell happened? Now you're talking about guns? I left. We were talking about leaks. (laughs) Well, it was a Mike Leach You blink and you miss around here. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. really strange, guys. I promise. Weird. <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, <laughs> I look like a caffeine addict. Addict, sorry. Um, before I got into coaching, I got my law degree at Pepperdine, and he did. Uh, I've never had a dumb quarterback. I think if you're dumb, it's difficult to overcome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's something that intelligent, incredibly intelligent people would think and say. And I have to say, I used to, uh, when I lived in Los Angeles, Pepperdine was one of the schools I called on, one of my clients. What a beautiful campus that is right there on the ocean. Oh, Mm -hmm. my gosh. Up on the hill. Mm -hmm. Incredible views. Sonny there Smith, some the teams, Auburn coach, there, used to uh, coach there, and he said there's no question. It's absolutely the prettiest campus on the planet. No doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not a car in the parking lot either. No, no. <laughs> All no. Mercedes or... No. Oh, really? It's a nice campus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you play? I do out have there? a Viking axe. Here's one more. I do have a Viking axe by the bed if I need to whack someone. My wife bought me a Viking axe. The axe side curls down so you can grab the adversary around the neck and you can use it to climb walls as a grappling hook. 
Yeah, he says this stuff. To, he said this stuff just like in the middle of press conferences, right? Like he was the the the, the king of just saying something uh, random like context. random, out of context, and but there was always a, a, a nugget of wisdom uh, buried deep uh, somewhere in there, Matt, and just uh, just one of a kind. And uh, but uh, on the other side, let's let's really start analyzing this Alabama. Mississippi State game uh, tomorrow in Starkville. During the break, you guys have a homework assignment, and that is to come up with somebody that even came close to the personality of Mike Leach that also had success in coaching their sport. I've got a great one, and I'll share it with you on the other side of the break as we broadcast live from Free. It's the place to be. Mississippi State weekend. Drop by right now and see the gang have a burger, and cold beer. You're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays very warm and dry through early next week. Sunny this afternoon, the high today 87. Clear tonight with the low at 63. And for tomorrow and Sunday, a good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 88 and 91. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. And once again, the show is on the road out of the studio and at Ennis Free Irish Pub. Drop by and see them. They'll be there for another hour. Of course, they're going to be open until way past midnight. So good place to watch the game tomorrow. And it's free is the place to be. All right, we were talking about Mike Leach in the last segment, and some of those quotes were just absolutely hysterical, but that's the kind of guy he was. And I started thinking while we were listening, who else has been like that? You know, most coaches just sit up at the podium, and they'll talk about their cornerbacks, and they'll talk about the opposing team, and, you know, that yada, yada, yada. But they're honestly, they're, not many of them are very colorful. But I thought of one that really is Mike Leach-like. And he won. Made the Final Four, I think, a couple times. Dale Brown, and I don't know. Maybe uh, this is way over your age. But I remember him at SEC Media Days. He would come in and he'd start talking about going to um, going to South America, uh, going to South Africa, uh, all these places. And then he'd start talking about dates and how you had to swat the gnats away from them, just right in the middle of a, a regular news conference. But uh, I don't know if you guys ever had a chance to be around him, but he was quite a colorful guy, too. Um, he, I remember one time the SEC tournament over in Atlanta, uh, they were getting ready to play Alabama the next day, and uh, he challenged the media to stay up or whatever, and he stayed up all night with the media. Um he was a cool, very colorful guy. Do y'all have any any others that you immediately come to mind, Lars? Uh, Bill Parcells, he can drop some uh, good wisdom here and there. Um, Laura Lee, Lou Holtz, Lou Holtz, yeah, he do a magic trick. 
Yep, and I, you know, I would go back. I got two. I'd say Bobby Bowden was one of my favorite because there was some stuff come out in press conference. He uh, was just a homespun wisdom. Just great guy, and he won. And then Lane Kiffin, as far as now, you never know what's coming out of his mouth at press conferences. So. Or what goes into, well, I shouldn't put it that way, but I was thinking of Les Miles and how he would chew on the ground. Oh, yeah, Les <laughs> Miles. He never... Uh, he, he could butcher the English language like no yeah, one else. He knew what he was <laughs> yeah. When he was chewing on the blade yeah. of grass, you're like, what, what are you doing? Yep. <laughs> yeah. But he was a unique personality. But there's not many out there like Mike Leach, though. Matt, yeah. uh, other than uh, Nick Saban, who, who has been your favorite Alabama coach? Uh, and, and Bear Bryant, too. I know you were there at the end yeah, of the yeah, Bryant like era. That. I can't use that. Other either. than that, who's been your favorite one to cover? Ears Whitworth. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Jamie Ears Whitworth, I think. Yeah, he was the guy that preceded Bryant and went like 2 and 20. Um, but. Uh, I, I would have to say Stallings. That Mike, that Mike Price era was fun. Oh, Stallings, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Stallings um, definitely with Brother Bill Oliver. Um, yep. Brother. Brother Bill. Brother. My oh, goodness. Yeah. There's a character for you. Yep. But, uh, you know, I liked Mike Shula a lot. I mean, we were friends. We went to, we went to Alabama together. Um, but I liked him. He just wasn't ready. I think if they waited for him to mature a little bit as a coach, Mike Shula might have had a very successful career there. Um, yes, but I liked Mike Dubose as a person, you know, but just didn't get it done as a head coach. What What did you say, Laurie? Well, it was the Mississippi State game when he lost that game that was the nail in Mike Shula's coffin. Yeah, sure was. Yeah. Sylvester Kern. Yeah, Wimps Anderson. There's a character. Oh, yeah. uh, Matt did a radio show with yeah. Wimp for many years, right? Twice. What, what did, yeah, twice. It was so much fun. You had to do it a second yeah, time. Yeah, they, they called for more. <laughs> Y'all want to hear a favorite Wimp, Wimp Sanderson? By the way, do you have a favorite Wimp Sanderson story? Yeah, I have many, but one immediately comes <laughs> to mind as we were talking about news conferences because uh, – this was, uh, I want to say, mid to late 80s when Alabama was just thumping everybody they played and particularly in the SEC, always winning the tournament. But uh, he went on the road and Dominique and, and Georgia beat Alabama. And I've never met a coach in my life that took losing harder than Wimp. Uh, and by contrast, when he won, it wasn't really a big deal because he just kind of stayed the same. But anyway, I'll get to my story. After they got whipped by Georgia in Athens, they had come back to, um, to Coleman Coliseum and play Ole Miss. And Ole Miss had a guy named Gerald Glass. I don't know if you guys, he was a junior college transfer, 6'8", three guy that could score the basketball. Well, it went down as a nail-biter, and Ole Miss beat Alabama at home. And like I said, Wimp just despised losing. He comes into the post-game news conference area, and there's a table set up there, and everybody had set their mic flags up there. Y'all know the drill. And, you know, you point them where you think the coach's mouth's going to be, and then he comes in here, and you roll tape, or you push your recorder, whatever, then grab your pen, whatever. 
But Wimp came in, and he was so distraught that he laid his forehead at the edge of the table so he was looking straight down at the floor. The mics couldn't pick it up. I mean, he was talking to the floor. And I remember going up there, and I actually grabbed my Channel 13 microphone with a mic flag and all that and got down literally on the floor so I could hold my microphone and get the quotes. Oh. Wimp's a great guy. That might have not been the most compelling Uh, story, but... Um, well, golly, I remember. Robbie, I, like I know you know uh, uh, Coach Wim Sanderson. Uh, Coach do you have a favorite memory or story? I just remember when we were playing, you know, baseball back then in Coleman Coliseum. That's Bama had the lock, baseball had a locker room across the hall, and he, you know, of course that's his coliseum. We come in from practice, and he did not like our metal spikes, and a lot of the players wouldn't take them off. We'd walk through or whatever, and so there'd be mud in the in the hallway, and you could hear the metal spikes. So we'd be in there having a meeting after practice or whatever, and you could hear coach. And Wimp would be saying a few words that I can't <laughs> repeat on air. You could hear him, and then you you hear him coming towards our locker, yelling about mud in his hallways. And our coach, Coach Schallenberger, Shally's like, what did y'all do? And here came the door, busting open, chairs come throwing. He threw, started yelling at us about, if you baseball bring mud into my, <laughs> like, yeah, we all, uh, we stopped. We took our shoes off and wouldn't bring them in anymore. Cause, <laughs> but uh, we talked to uh, James Hollywood Robinson passing all, they all remember all that. They were like, man, he, he hated y'all. <laughs> I was like, I know. I remind him that every time. Robbie, two quick baseball questions for you from Major League Baseball. And Matt's going to be uh, falling off his chair because he, I never ask baseball questions. One, uh, your thoughts on uh, the Braves stopping the game the other night uh, to celebrate uh, Ronald Acuna uh, getting his uh, seven. No, I'm sorry, guys, 70th stolen base. And then I think it was last night uh, the, uh, the the fiasco of uh, Cubs Mar. Was it Cubs Marlins? Right, and in the, the rain delay and the fact that. Uh, it appeared that the Marlins were taking too long to get the the grounds crew. Yeah, well, that part I didn't catch because I was doing some stuff. But as far as stopping a game for that, that that that's awesome. Anytime there's a milestone that you do, I mean, you want to stop and remember those events because that that will be played over and over. And uh, like Cal Ripken back where they stopped it, honored him. But the Cubs it. are, you know, as well. Matt, I'll let you take yeah, over you here. Take over that one. All right. Uh, well, I think the, the counter argument is that the Cubs uh, are fighting for their playoff lives and it's uh, it's extra innings and you stop the game for 20 minutes and it just uh, it disrupts the natural flow of things. I got you, but it's still a milestone. I mean, it, it's petty. Yeah, I know. it's something that's never been done before in Major League Baseball history. Yeah. Well, I think it was the montage it was the montage, yeah, and it just the extended sort of celebration. I got you. Yeah, that probably is what. What did you think, Laura Lee? Well, uh, maybe doing the montage and the whole, didn't he take the base or Yeah, something. yeah, they, that, they unscrewed that, that the base. Yeah. It's a little excessive at could've the time. Could have got that after. But to recognize someone in the moment for a few minutes, I think is great. Yeah, but not that long. I but not it. that long. Yeah, I get it. 
Well, okay. Um, you ready to talk some football? Let's talk some football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's start breaking this down. And I, we have just a, a minute or two before we have to break. But uh, new head coach at Mississippi State is Zach Barnett. And he's really known for his uh, defense. And, um, and, again, he's stepping into a really tough situation when – replacing Mike Leach. Uh, he was one of the most beloved, influential coaches in, in recent college football history. But in the first two conference games of the season, Robbie, uh, the Bulldog defense has really gotten beaten up by both LSU and South Carolina. Um, uh, Arnett's defense has given up a combined 78 points. And so the, the question is, is this a game really that uh, Tommy Reese – Alabama's offensive coordinator and uh, Jalen Milrow, it's like they they really get on the same page and they take that momentum that was generated in the second half of the Ole Miss game and push that forward uh, tomorrow evening in Starkville. Well, I hope so. That, that's what I want to see is are they going to continue what they did against Ole Miss and start off, this will be the second game on the road, uh, young guys going into a, it. It's, it's going to be loud. Uh, those cowbells, you can't you can't get rid of them. Um, How annoying! Are, I, I've never annoying. been there for uh, a cow a home. I've never been to a game. The baseball stadium, they were ridiculously loud. I can't imagine even more in the football. Does it disrupt? Did it disrupt your concentration as a batter or a fielder? You a little bit, but it, 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 you could hear it. Yes, um, it, it'll get to you a little bit. They're now they're. Their left field lounge got to us more than anything, but uh, <laughs> their baseball is known for some some good times out there. What, how about what, what is the fan experience like in Starkville, Laura Lee? I quit going to that game because uh, the cowbells give you a headache. Oh, I mean, it's just it's a small stadium, and with those bells going, well, at least it's a smaller stadium. But I don't really enjoy going to that game. Matt, what has your experience been going to Starkville? Quite honestly, they're obnoxious as heck. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine sitting among them, much less. I can, you can hear them in the press box. You can hear them everywhere. And I think I may have said this earlier in the week, but and I'll bet Robbie can help me on this one. Um, at one time, they banned them. And they then did, they uh, let them come back. Isn't that right, Robbie? Yeah, they uh, the NCAA banned any kind of noise like bringing stuff in to uh, create noise. Um, right. State still was sneaking them in, and then it just kind of went away. So they're allowed wow. again. It really uh, doesn't seem uh, sportsmanship-like to yeah, me. Yeah, well, you can, you can shut them up quick by putting a few touchdowns on the board quick. Yes. So you won't even you know what was really, was really obnoxious, and I know you heard this guy, the Vandy Whistler. Do you remember him, the SEC baseball tournament? Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Y'all do or don't. I mean, that that was obnoxious, and ushers would come over there and kind of hint that he should stop, and he refused. And I don't know why they just didn't remove the guy. You could be watching it on television and hear this guy, and he just kept going on and on. Okay, okay. Hey, uh, when we get back, I need to talk to Laura Lee, guys, for just a second. So we'll continue as we broadcast Big Noon Sports. I'm actually in Talladega for the Yellowwood 500 weekend. But everybody else, our entire crew for Big Noon Sports is at NS Free, and that's where you should be. Back in a minute. 
Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Ennis Free Irish Pub, right there above the strip um, on University Boulevard. Um, you know, I, I often describe where they're located, but I don't know anybody that doesn't know where Ennis Free is. So, anyway, that being the case, just put in your GPS. Lars and I had to do that a couple of weeks ago because we got mixed up on the which way to turn downtown. Man, we're getting old, Lars. Hey, I want to talk to yeah. Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker. Laura Lee, it seems like it changes every flipping week. What's going on in your world now? Well, you know, we were all awaiting data that came out this morning to that the Fed looks at for inflation to see if inflation is, is slowing, which the numbers that came out did indicate that it is slowing a bit. Uh, when you look at the market in general, and this is being the stock market, September's historically been a, a bad month. It's always a, a down month, and this year was uh, the same. So uh, really, we're kind of looking at the government shutdown and what's going to happen and the, uh, whether that's going to, if it happens, which it looks like it very well will, you know, we'll look at the interest rates and how that will affect. And of course, with uh, some of these government loans, and it depends, last time they shut down, it just affected USDA loans. But we do have government loans out there that uh, could be affected, but it will probably affect some interest rate movement. Are you seeing uh, more inventory on the housing market or is it sort of uh, static? Well, we typically get more inventory because uh, it's, well, let me rephrase that and say there are less buyers this time of the year because many buyers like to move over the summer and 
then you typically get people who are going to move during the holidays. So, uh, because of school situation. And uh, right now's a really good time to be looking because we do have inventory, so you're not going to be competing against as many buyers. Uh, but it's all about, uh, you know, looking at the rates and buying within your range. The houses are there. Uh, we just have to know what your uh, price range is, and you have to get pre-approved. And how difficult is it to get pre-approved right now? It's very easy. It's very easy to get pre-approved. Uh, and if you don't know a lender, of course, y'all work with a lender here, Haley. Yeah. Same Haley. thing. Haley and, is, uh, you and Haley are uh, good friends, right? Yes, yes. I've known and done deals with Haley. And we've got a lot of great local lenders in town. And if you don't know one, then that's I'm, part of my job. I'm serious. Uh, yeah, everybody should come to the Bama Broker because uh, she'll make it happen with Haley for yes, sure. Yes, It's a great one-two punch there. Absolutely. And um, getting that information is key before you look for a house. Everybody or a lot of people want to do it the other way around. They want to find the house and then get pre-approved. And all of that changed with COVID. Now, a lot of people, you know, realtors will not work with you unless you're pre-approved because it's just a shot in the dark. But especially since COVID, sellers really don't want people in their houses unless they are serious buyers. And it, unless you are pre-approved or have proof of funds in the bank, then sellers do not consider you a serious buyer, even if you are. So be ready to have that piece of paper either from your bank or from your lender. And then as realtor, that helps me find the right price range for you. Matt, do you want to go to the phone lines? Let's do this really quick before we go to Joseph. Uh, Haley, how do, uh, excuse me, there I go. Uh, Laura Lee, how do people get in touch with you? Well, uh, you can find me on social media at The Bama Broker. I also have a website, thebamabroker.com. You can call me at Advantage Realty, or you can reach me on my cell phone at 205-790-7229. Or come see your Friday. Let's go to our... Or come yeah. see yeah. Friday. I'm here every Friday. All right, let's go to Joseph, who has dialed in at uh, 205-342-9904. Joseph, how are you on this beautiful Friday afternoon? I was working, man, just working. But, What's on your uh, mind? On your mind well, to be honest with you, man, I don't think Mr. Tate's going to give us much of a game, just to be honest with y'all. I mean, it's pretty much a gimme game, and I think the, I, I this is gonna be an easy win. This is like a this is like a nobody team pretty much we're playing. I can't tell you the last time Mississippi State even whooped Alabama. So I mean that's I tell you how long it's been. So I mean this game this game really ain't gonna tell nothing about Alabama. I mean it's just they they're not really that close. But I mean your next game is when you wanna tune in when we play Texas A and M. In College Station, that's where they think. 
Thank you, yeah, Joseph. They're a, um, yeah, they're an uh, SEC team, uh, though. I think anytime you play an SEC team, even if it's Mississippi State, you better pin your ears back. Because, again, as I say every day, I think, it doesn't matter uh, if you're in this conference or not. Uh, you're going to get your best shot when you're Alabama. Yeah. I mean, there's a big crimson target on it. And last I looked, you know, the spread is only 14 and a half, uh, which tells you that Vegas thinks this is going to be a relatively close game. But, Robbie, you are nodding your head and agreeing with Joseph that uh, yeah. this isn't really going to tell us very much about Alabama. Well, like I said, I mean, this is SEC, and we're at their park, and Mississippi State is better than South Florida. And we got everything they, they could give us right there. And uh, Bama hasn't knocked people off the ball like we want them to and like they're capable of. And Mississippi State has a lot of seniors on that defensive line like Texas did. And, you know, the freshmen had a, had a lot of trouble with that. Not saying they're the same caliber as Texas, but uh, I hope Joseph's right. And I hope we show up and knock them in the mouth and knock them out of the stadium and just blow this game away. But we have not done that yet. Well, you've got uh, some injuries on Mississippi State. I don't know if I haven't heard that their running backs are, they're yeah. pretty banged up and they may not play and when you're looking at. One back is what I think they've been using the most. Right, yep. right. And so uh, if they can't run the ball and they've already shown they're not very good at passing your quarterback right we'll see well right. yeah that's the thing will rogers is a good he's quarterback a good, he's only got one pick six touchdowns um i think our cornerbacks are going to get tested and which i want to see because we do have the best cornerbacks well around. uh what position group and i'd like to ask this question of everybody what position group are you most interested in seeing how they perform on saturday from alabama Offensive line and running backs. That's it. That's all I want to see. I want to see us, if we get down to the five-yard line, I want to see us put it in. You know, no trickery, no, no just knock them off the ball. I want Sa to see those guys do it. Same question to you, Laura Lee. Well, I want to see more. Uh, actually, I want to see more from our wide receiver group. I mean, you know, you look at the, the uh, pitch and catch from uh, Jalen to J Hale. Is it Justin yeah. Hale? Um, yeah. That was pretty impressive, and I want to see more of that. And I liked seeing more of our tight ends get into the game, which is what we thought was going to happen. Yep. So um, I, I'd really like to see more from our passing game. I think uh, Jalen really needs that experience to uh, get the passes going and mm -hmm. get that going. Agree, Matt. How about you? That's all. Uh... Laura Lee, that's a great observation. Of course, I've now become accustomed to that. Um, I'm going to go with um, what Robbie said, though. I would like to see this offensive line step up and more along the lines of the way they were in the last quarter against Ole Miss, where the other team is, you know, hands on knees. And, God, please don't run that play again. And then you run it again anyway. And you get four more yards. So, uh that's what I'm looking for, O-line. And something tells me, I don't know what it is, something tells me Kool-Aid and Malachi, something just tells me they're going to have unbelievable games. Of course, I, they may be the best corner tandem in all of college football. Hey, let's take a break, and when we get back, we'll continue. Go by Innis Free right now. Have some lunch. See the gang.
You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205 790 7229. Again, that's 205 790 7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays very warm and dry through early next week. Sunny this afternoon, the high today 87. Clear tonight with the low at 63. Then for tomorrow and Sunday, a good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 88 and 91. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. More big noon sports coming up. Indeed. I'm just coming up. We're here. And the gang, most of them, are at Innisfree Irish Pub. And um, there's, we're going to be there live until 2 o'clock. And then, guess what? We'll be there next weekend. Talking about the ags. Hey, I did just a brief search about Mississippi State and Alabama. Because I think this is maybe the longest... Um, running rivalry that Alabama's had. They first met back in in 1896. They have met 107 times. I think that's got to be in the record somewhere. Listen to the all-time series record. 85, 18, and 3. Alabama. Alabama's currently got a 15-game winning streak. I think they lost in 07. That was Saban's first year. And he hadn't lost to him since. So, there's, hey, there's just a little uh, little information on the rivalry that will take place in Starkville at 8 o'clock. Hey, I want to ask you guys real quick because uh, it's kind of put my weekend into a s- small quandary. I'll live through it. But, Lars, are you a fan of an 8 o'clock kickoff? And, by the way, did you also note that Colorado – and USC are going to kick off. This is another one of those Fox deals. They'll kick off at 10 o'clock in the morning our time. What are your thoughts on real, real early and real, real late? Uh, I love, uh, okay, I used to love late games before I had children. And uh, uh, dad's going to be one on three V the kids on Saturday night. And so it's going to be tough for me to uh, really get any time at all to watch this game. And, um, you know, the, the, the kickoff for 
um, USC Colorado, uh, which is I think it's 10 a.m. Uh, um, uh, Mountain Time uh, at big noon kickoff, uh, and so it's going to be tough, especially for USC coming from the West Coast. So really, that's like a, a 9 a.m. kickoff, I believe, for them. And um, but I, I think USC is is going to hand it pretty good to Colorado. However. Uh, talked about this yesterday. USC's defense is not good. They are not good. I, this is going to be a high-scoring game, and uh, I think Colorado can keep it within three touchdowns. Uh, right now, uh, USC is a 21.5-point favorite. Uh, I'm loading up on the buffs as much as that pains me, but uh, uh, your thoughts, just uh, Robbie, on, as, as an athlete, like playing early versus playing really late like what 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 do you think uh just the, the pros and cons of sort of each one from a player's perspective they're all they're all different i mean i i like playing under the lights but that doesn't mean i like sitting in a hotel room all day waiting when it you know trying to go through a routine and get ready so i know the players probably want to get they'd rather get this game done unless it's 100 degrees than they wouldn't mind playing at night but I don't think they're going to like the 8 o'clock game. I know the lights will be on and they'll be fired up to play, but sitting around that hotel, how do you keep motivated all day, keep the players engaged uh, and not checked out? That, that's what coaches have to do at the hotel. But uh, baseball, I love doing the lights, but I, I want to get up and get going. How about you, Laura Lee, from uh, just your experience in talking to other Alabama fans? Uh, would they prefer the early? I know what the answer to this, but I'm just going to ask it. Uh, the early kickoff or the late kickoff? Or the 5 o'clock well, kickoff? Well, nobody wants an <laughs> 11 o'clock kickoff, uh, but not many people want the 8 o'clock kickoff either. Uh, we prefer the 6, 6.30 in a time frame. Um, last week at 2.30 was kind of nice. I enjoy it as a fan because I get to go home and watch a little bit of the other games. Matt, how much are you looking forward to doing the uh, post-game show that starts three hours after the game is over on Saturday night? Or I should say Sunday really, morning. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that. No, actually, you know, <laughs> it's, part of, it's part of our contract. So, you know, we're honoring the contract. And uh, You're that's what we do. But, yeah. I'll be uh, on from 1 until 3. So I'm going to take a little nap. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do the show. Then I'm going to go back to sleep for a little while and then get ready for the Yellowwood 500. You know, it's a very packed weekend. And I got a football game tonight to do in Elmore County, which is two hours from here. Uh, But I wouldn't do this if I didn't love it. I mean, I'm, I'm too old. I can turn stuff down. But I would never turn down... The Talladega Super Speedway, ever, ever. Did you ever have Rob- a, like a radio? Did you ever have a, a radio gig as a DJ? You know, either in college or right after college, when you were spinning records at uh, at two, three in the morning. Yeah, I did. Long, <laughs> long time ago, but those gigs paid well because the restaurant or the bar would pay you, and um, you know it would be almost an additional paycheck. So. You did those. Plus, they were fun because you were interacting with all these people. So, yeah, and I've I've been very blessed. I've been able to do a lot of stuff, and not many of uh, you know the things I have done have even been remotely bad. So, I love it, Robbie. I want to ask you a question, man. 
All right? Yes, sir. You say you want to play under the lights. Do you hit better under lights than you do natural? Uh, not necessarily. It depends on what field okay. you're at. We played in some bad ballparks, so um, I just like I, I just like the uh, just everything the way it magnified with, under the lights. You know, the ball was looked wider, especially when we put that new pearl out there. The chalk looked wider. Just the bases, the crowd. It was just, it was fun. Um, not necessarily see the ball better. Just depends on the lights. Now the lights they have now, of course. Yeah, I don't think there's any difference. Robbie, uh, let's get everybody's prediction for the game tomorrow. Not just the score, but how you uh, see this thing unfolding. Start with you, Robbie, then Laura Lee, then Matt. Then I think myself. Bama will end up pushing them around and taking it. I think it'll be a hard fight, uh, smash mouth. But I'm looking at – I don't think we're going to give up a touchdown, personally. I think it's going to be maybe give up a couple field goals. So I'll, I'll go 27-9. How about that? Sounds good. Uh, so 27-9, that means Alabama covers. Uh, Laura Lee, how do you see this thing playing out tomorrow? Well, I agree with Robbie. Uh, I don't see us giving up a, a touchdown. and uh, my, But my score uh, is just a little bit different. I was going to say 30-6. to six. A couple long field goals. And, uh, Matt, before we get to you, I'll just say I, I, I think uh, I think Alabama will win this, and I think they'll they'll cover uh, something to the effect of maybe 34-14. Um, I'm really looking for Jalen Milrow to play a smart game, turnover-free, uh, and let's really uh, affirm what we saw in the second half of the old Miss game. And, and, and the identity of this team is defense, defense, defense. Make a few big plays over the top on offense because Jalen Milrow throws a beautiful deep ball. Take care of it. Time possession or win time of possession. Uh, minimize the number of, uh, of uh, opportunities the other team has. And uh, 30, yeah, 34-14. How about you, Matt? Well, I'm right there with you. I think 34-10. And uh, I mentioned I just had a feeling that the corners were going to play great. And I think somebody's going to get a pick six. And I think it'll be early. And I think it will just sway everything in Alabama's favor. And then they just go on to control the game as much as they did against Ole Miss. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, guys. I guess well, I, I got to get to the track and y'all got to get to the the burgers and the beers there at Innisfree. Y'all had a good time today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's always a, there's never a bad time at Innisfree. Come join us every Friday. By the way, did y'all know it was National Coffee Day? I didn't even know there was. I had six cups to honor it. Yeah. yeah oh I, I, it's, it's morning. I, I'm still <laughs> shaking from it. I don't wakes drink up early, coffee. So. <laughs> I don't do you drink coffee. that special no hot dogs. You got to live your life, Laura. I do live my life, but I've never been a coffee person. Uh, Ryder Cup at 1.30 in the morning. And, so and you're not a right. hot dog. No hot dogs either. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Y'all have a blessed day and a wonderful weekend, and we'll do this again noon to 2 on Monday.